My name's Dave and this is Hypothetic RL, a podcast about the what-ifs of rugby league history. Joining me on the line is the podcast king himself, the biggest tiger. How are you, tiger? <laughs> well, or, could... <laughs> or um, what, what was the terrible thing I came up with today? The rugby league, amateur rugby league chat enthusiast. Um, <laughs> that was good. Like... That was very good. Yeah, Although when you typed amateur, you put an R in there, so it said armature. So I thought we were going to have oh. some kind of, I thought it was some kind of clock. Um, or some oh, armchair. Sure. <laughs> well, we could be. Yeah, uh, armchair regular chat That's that's not bad. That's not bad. I did like. Um, I think it was T Max suggestion. Uh, what was it? it was uh, it was oh, Jack of all podcasts Jack of all pods. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that was, was very good. good. I did like that. I put up journeyman because that's a that's a term for people who can't find a club. So I figured we can't that's... find a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good too. Uh, no, all right. Well, how how and have you been? The irony is though? Mario has a podcast. You have a podcast. I have a podcast. So although we act like journeymen while we're yeah. still at home, so yeah. I look. I have one because I did one myself. You have several hundred, um, and Mario's no. just somehow got himself onto someone else's. <laughs> yeah, they can't get rid of him. <laughs> no, they can't get rid of him. He's part of the furniture now. In fact, they can't get rid of him so much that he's brought you onto that podcast to to host it. <laughs> That's right. And like a barnacle, I was just already there. So they just <laughs> looked under the boat and, oh, look, there's Big T still here. We're just getting him to run this one. Uh, no, it's great. And, uh, and and this podcast is great. It's so unusual. I remember um, uh, Michael on, on Rugby League Digest saying once that this is a really quaint idea of a podcast. And then the more he listened to it, he realized that the the – the value and seriousness of, of just changing one thing was a really great way of looking at the history of rugby league and how, how valuable this podcast was. And so mm. I'm really glad that you do it. Well, I'm really glad I do it too because I get to speak to, you know, amazing people in the rugby league world and I, I get to have an excuse to talk to people. Like, uh, you yeah. know, rather than just yeah. having an interview show where I call people up and say, hey, let's talk about football, um, I, I have a premise that means that people think that there's a reason why we're talking. And then when mm. I just have a chat to Mario, like Mario, like I did the other day, we basically just chatted about football for forty-five minutes, and then went, "Oh shit, we better record something." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah actually, I just got through chatting with um, uh, Mary from Lady Sue League uh, about a Parramatta, gra- uh, Parramatta preliminary final, and um, depressing ourselves very much so. But it was a, it was a great imagine. chat. Yeah, first time I've had an actual Parramatta person on for a full episode rather than like a, a mini episode. But um, it was was really good. Um, oh, sorry, I must apologise. I did have one other Parramatta person on, but we didn't talk Parramatta. We talked about something completely different. So, yeah, it was really good. Um, sorry, I'm sure I... we would have talked about crying into a bowl of soup or whatever Parramatta fans often do when they reminisce uh, over the nineties and noughties. It's pretty. It's not great. It's not great when we do it. But anyway, uh, I I'm here to talk to you about Balmain and 1992. So. I've heard you talk about why you're a Balmain fan before. Obviously, you're the biggest tiger, so there is no bigger Balmain fan than you. Um, what about 1990? Whoa, 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 whoa! There is no way that Laurie, uh, the, the the great um, <laughs> Laurie Nichols, is going to let you get away with saying that there is no other bigger Balmain fan. There's no, no other know, bigger rugby league fan than Laurie Nichols. Oh, but that's his beautiful soul. 
Um, but yes, no, I, I would say Lando biggest size, the biggest tiger more in size than in um, anything else. No, uh, that's true. certainly where it originally came from. I, I'm a big unit, so um, I've eaten my fair share of, of pies and haven't scored very many of them. But you know, I, I originally became a Batman fan just because of virtual where I grew up. I, I grew up where every other shop was a was a tiger shop, mm. and still are. Lot, lots of the laundromats and, and news agencies and whatnot are, are tiger laundromats and whatever and. There are still paw prints painted on the floor. So when I walked to primary school, I would walk along footpaths that had uh, the tiger prints painted by Dawn Fraser in 1988 on the on the ground, or um, and murals painted on the fire station of the 1969 Grand Final. So in that kind of environment, not only was it impossible not to go, um, not to support rugby league, but also not to support Balmain. Even even at my local uh, oval where we would do the athletics carnival. Had a plaque about it. It was the first oval that had a, had a first grade rugby league game played at it at Birch Grove Oval between Bowman and West, mm-hmm. in which we got up. So that kind of history just means that it's just it becomes normalised and and it's just what you do when you're in Bowman and um, and because of that I, I've just been a huge Bowman Tigers fan and, and West Tigers fan mm-hmm. um, because Definitely. of that. Definitely. Well, I can't. I can't have Laurie on because um, I don't have a Ouija board. So um, you <laughs> yeah. you can be you can be the biggest fan for the moment. Look, there's probably some other guys there are a complete um, you know nutcase Tigers fans. I'm assuming, but you know I don't know if I could handle those. I think you're I think you're just enough Tigers crazy for me to handle. Right. Well, I'm probably also the most available tiger. That might be the better Twitter <laughs> handle for me. Is the most available tiger. Well, look, you know, we're not going to call your podcast W word, but yeah, you you are available. You are definitely there. Um, and I'm really glad that I, in fact, when I asked if you wanted to come on this, uh, in this on this journey with me, that you just presumed that you'd already said yes when you hadn't even told me. <laughs> yeah, in my mind, that was yeah, of course. In your mind, you're like, yep, I'm already there. You're already Done. starting recording without me. Uh, wait, I'd already started reading. In fact, I started reading Blocker's uh, biography again, thinking about 92. I think um, mm-hmm. I, immediately I thought, okay, I better go and re- reread the last bits of that, that that he wrote about 92. And and I must have jumped up to do that rather than actually saying yes. No, that's fine. So, so 1992 was interesting year for the Balmain Tigers. Um, obviously, like what you're just talking about with Blocker, um, you know, still, still a team that had quite a few of those stars from you know, the 1988-89 grand finals. But interesting year because th- that was one of the years that Alan Jones was the coach, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and so uh, to, in preparation for this, because I know you said just just a chat, T, don't worry about it, don't do any research. But yeah. you know that uh, just like you loving the opportunity to talk about football, it also gave me a, a focus to go and research and, and look at historical stuff. So I went and watched some YouTube clips about Alan, Alan Jones. I couldn't, in the end, get my hands on his book, Jonestown, which is actually about this period. Mm-hmm. Um, good friend Chris Gale has that book, and he's coming to do – he and I are going to do a book club episode about that mm-hmm. book because he said it's amazing. But uh, Alan Jones is the coach, and I, I watched this interesting clip where he's talking to Benny Lice and, and their – joking about which one of them had a mobile phone first around this time, 91, 92, which already to me was bizarre because I, I don't remember phones being around that that much in the early 90s, certainly maybe in the late 90s. But yeah. anyway, there's a, Elias started telling a story about how they're out there training at Leichhardt Oval and um, uh, Alan Jones is, or AJ he calls him, which just also felt so personable. Mm. Uh, Alan Jones's offsider ran onto the field with Alan Jones's mobile saying, um, 
Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones is your phone, and, and Alan's saying to him, okay, it's not a good time. He said, what's the Prime Minister? The Prime Minister's on the phone. And Alan said, okay, well, he can wait. I'm in the middle of this training session. And all of the boys there really took that to heart. Now, that, that's Elias's story. Alan Jones laughed at it and said, you know, well, it was important. What we were doing was important. But that really feels like, I mean, it's a fantastic story, which I'm happy to take as true, but mm-hmm. it also felt like that. You know, something that you might set up so that the boys really lift. Because Elias said that, you know, they, they all then went, wow, you know, this is important. Well, what we're doing in the plot, we've got to fire up for him. So yeah, yeah. a great story or a great stage story. Either way, um, Alan Jones was, that's a very long answer for yes, Alan Jones was the coach of the time. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. It, it's, for what I've heard of, of Alan Jones as a coach, it was, it was all about the mind games. It was all about, mm. yeah, it was some interesting times, I think, being in, in Balmain and, you know, obviously didn't bring them the success that they wanted. Um, but, yeah, I mean, did he, if I believe correctly, he actually coached them for no fee? Didn't he not get paid or something? Or he, yeah, he, or something yeah, like he did. And, and, like, and similar to um, Gus Gould, who often says that he'd do it for no fee, uh, Alan Jones really did do it for no fee at the time, but he worked the entire time during it, um, mm. you know, on his radio program, got paid handsomely for that. But but still, I, I, I shouldn't take that away from him. No, he, he did allegedly do that for no fee, and... And the club did have some success in '92. Our reserve great team made the grand final that year mm-hmm. uh, and played the Bears, and we came from fifth, so that was a pretty good um, achievement. The Bears did beat us 28-14 that day, but um, and it was also club uh, I don't want to say hero, but club stalwart David Brooks, who played for 10 years for the Bowman Tigers during that period. Um, he captained that team that that day and um, had a really good game, but but couldn't get us a victory. And another weird thing, Graham Adamsley was the referee of the reserve grade grand final that year. I saw when I was watching that game. So Graham Adamsley kicking around in '92 in the in the reserve grade grand final, and here he is, a super mega boss of referees today. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I didn't realize he. Well, I suppose they all start from somewhere and they all they all come up through the ranks. But he wasn't. He didn't referee in first grade in 92. He would have been a few years later, I thought. I don't remember when he started. It was a funny period oh. in the 90s with referees because you remember all the names. Like, you remember McCallum and you remember, you know, sort mm. of Stone and you remember a few of those other guys. Um, and and obviously, you know, Harrigan was around in this period too. Like, he, he refereed for a long, long time. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I always thought... I, I thought Annesley was around this time, but I think he wasn't. He didn't quite make grade until a little bit later, maybe. I don't know. I can. I, I would be very surprised if he gets the the second most important game of the day, and he wasn't doing first grades during that year. Yeah, I, I think he I'd, might I'd be have been. Surprised. Yeah, I think he might have been. I, look, I I could we could look up rugby league project and figure it out because there's a referee section. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> or we could just pretend that we know and yeah, just say yes, yeah. he did. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah. Uh, he was refereeing yeah, for that really because he feels like he's older than <laughs> Bill Harrigan. You know what I mean? He feels like he was around yeah. for, for longer. He feels like he was, you know, he was a more senior member. But maybe I'm just wrong about that. And David Brooks, Brooks is still in and around the Tigers, even you know, 40 years ago. It's good to see a Brooks doing the best he can in a losing side, even back then. <laughs> Oh look, you know you can you can stay on your island there. It's fine. Um, you know you. we're just happy that uh, Mitchell Moses jumped from the island and swam to the the calmer waters <laughs> of the eels. Um, much much better, much better having him around. So now you mentioned before that it was also the kind of last kind of thing that the, the last kind of window that they had those big notable um, those big notable t- tigers and I did also at the, at the risk of sounding like an absolute wanker I did contact um, Paul Sirenin and, and and Gary Jack just to get their 
quick insights on what they thought about 92. <laughs> and and Ciro agreed. You got research from people who actually played at the time. That's... Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, this is how I like to spend my time. No, that's And fine. so uh, Ciro agreed. He said it was um, – he. I asked him in one word if he could summarise it. And he said it was just a, a year of missed opportunities, mate. Last year of the bulk of that 80s team playing together. And so uh, we see that <clears> – <throat> Junior's already gone. Blockers retires this year. We mm. still get a few more years out of Gary and, and um, Brasher and Ciro, but they're all on the back end. Uh, well, Brasher's not, but the, those other two are uh, licensed on the back end. So it's that kind of ending of a dynasty. And, and Gary Jack agreed. He said that the word that he probably uses is diabolical and then a laughy emoji. So <laughs> um, I guess uh... that because they really still did have a lot of quality there. They just never, um, they never really turned it into finals football at that time and and even you said when you're trying to find the five short uh like losses that were the close losses yeah there were, there were more than five you know there, there were yes. plenty of opportunities that yeah, we had that was... could have converted quick games and we just we just couldn't that year and it was a real shame yeah i mean so i so i did give you i did give you five losses so like the five closest losses that i gave you um so it, in uh, well, I suppose I'll do it in I'll do it in round order. So in round two, I had Canterbury uh, twenty to sixteen. In round four, I had South twenty six twenty four. In uh, round ten, I had Penrith fourteen twelve. And in round sixteen, I had West nine six. And I had given you East in round three, which was a six point loss. But also, you've reminded me there was another six point loss, which was against St George in round twenty one. Um, so. You, and in five... round twenty three, yeah. And in round twenty, and in round sorry, and in round three, and in round six, we only lose by five. And yes. round five, we only lose by six. There's heaps. We're so only have one a try lot out of six it, or so. less. Yeah. So it was one of yeah, those years it's that. A real shame. And, yeah. Well, that's what you know. That's what you're saying with the Sarah thing. You know, missed opportunities. If you pick up, yeah. If you pick up a few of those, and looking at where you finished on the table, I mean, for this comp, for the purpose of this competition. Few things would really have to go your way for you to make it, but yeah, realistically, yeah. you were two wins out of out of fifth position, so you only yeah. had to pick up three last, of those uh, games. Our last win, our last game was a draw as well, so you know, small annoying things like that mm-hmm. that just would have been easy to convert into Ws. But very we can much say that so. a lot about the Bowman Tigers; it's so close. But well, look, you know, I I know that some West Tigers fans and Para fans don't get along, and I still can't figure that one out, but. Um, I feel like Balmain and uh, you know Parramatta are they're a bit kindred in some ways. We we get so close <laughs> yeah. and we just can't finish it off. But you know, yeah. I mean, you guys had a lot of success real early in in your lives. You know, like you had you were right from nineteen oh eight and you had you know that whole golden period of success. You had a few of them actually. So you yeah, know, it wasn't that. wasn't like you you went you didn't start the competition as badly as we did. Um, but yeah, look. You know, through this period, through the the last parts of Balmain when they went to the West Tigers, it may be a little bit more disappointing than than good years, I suppose. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not here to lament that. I'm just happy that I've got a football team that I can love and enjoy and reminisce about all at the same time. Exactly. So, all right, I think we. Well, why don't we move on to the the game that you chose? So they're the they're the choices I just sort of gave you. Then, um, do you want to tell everyone which one you chose? Yeah, well, I'm going to take the that second last game. It's against the Dragons, where we lose twenty to fourteen, mm-hmm. and it's at Leichhardt Oval in front of just over seventeen thousand people. It's um, one of the biggest games that we have that year. In fact, it's the biggest game I think we have at Leichhardt. Mm-hmm. 
um, that year, and that's because it's Blocker's last game, and so it's such a beautiful moment. The scenes of him carrying his son, who, who, went, who goes on to be an Olympian, um, around on his shoulders crying through all of that stuff is just so heartbreaking. We just did it with Junior doing his victory lap. We're now doing it with Blocker. It's a real slow, painful closing of, of that premiership window. And to see him do that on a loss, um, you know, is, is yeah. too hard for me to take. So I'd much rather see us take a win on that home game. St. George already doing really well this year that, you know, they're flying on the, the first or second. So they're not going to, in my mind, this isn't to upset Michael or anyone else or, you know, Carboni <laughs> or, or anyone else in the world. Hopefully yeah. St. George will be fine, but this is a great romantic way. And I'm sure that those guys would like to see that Hall of Famer um, go out on a, a win instead of a, a loss. And how we win is also great because, and I hope you'll indulge me with this. Yeah, sure. Happy. Um, because you love it. Uh, I'm, I, before I've taken over your podcast and come up with crazy stories, um, in this one, obviously it has to be um, Steve Roach who scores mm-hmm. uh, and it's converted. But because it's converted um, by Tim Brasher, it means that he ends up being He's not the point scorer. Sorry, Brash needs to score the try, not block. Brash needs to score the try because mm-hmm. then what it means is that he ends up being the top try scorer of the year oh, um, with okay. 17 tries. Uh, and take, he's, he's level at the moment with Mark Bell in real life. Mark Bell, great. I think he plays. For, he's playing for the Magpies at the time. Yeah. Um, and so Brash ends up scoring a try to level it because he ends up taking the top try scorer. And then Benny Elias, who couldn't kick... That drop goal that rattled on the that crossbar in '89. Oh, he kicks a drop goal in this yeah. one. Um, Steve and Ben both hug, uh, you know, on the ground, rolling around, super happy with each other. Doesn't make up for losing the '89 grand final, but but Benny, who was allegedly one of Blocker's best friends in real life, uh, and at this time, you know, gets it over for Block. Wow, that's that's. That's a fairy tale finish, I suppose, and you know, <laughs> that's right. the the only the only better thing would be if that. You know, if that was the grand final finish for them, but yeah, you yeah. know, pretty it's it's not a bad finish to have, and you know, point scoring records and try scoring records are always good. So, you know, and, and Timmy Brasher, who doesn't love Tim Brasher? Like, you know, thank you. So I'm happy to have him do that. I apologies to Mr. Bell, um, Mark Bell, but you know, like, let's let let's let Brasher win that. Um, and yeah, look, I'm happy. I'm happy to have Blocker. Go out a winner. That's no problem. Uh, no problem like that. I mean, he doesn't like Parramatta very much, but he, you know, that that's fine. We can we can still like him. I, I always liked him as a player. The only time I didn't like him is when he threw a blatant forward pass to, for Balmain to beat Parramatta in an important game about 1990, 1991. But that was okay. I, I got over it. <laughs> now, can I also just the Dragons team? I find so fascinating. Like Michael Potter yeah. is there as the fullback. Um, Ricky Wolf is great. Mark, Mark Coyne's great. But Ian Henjack is a number seven. Yep. Uh, and Matthew Elliott is playing on the bench. Like, just all these little echoes, um, coaching echoes that you see through time. Obviously, Brad Mackay's and David Barnhill's there. Yeah. A bunch of, of great dragons. But those um, those future coaches, uh, you know, it, it's just great to see them back in their, their time. It's funny when you when you go through that because there's a few other few other than this season um, I don't want to give the stat because, not to give anything away, but there is a trivia question about coaches. Okay. Um, but there is quite a few in the 92 season where I went through a, a few squads. I was just looking for stats, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, oh, he played. He played in this team. Like, I, you, you know, a lot of these, co- a lot of first grade coaches that you know of today, and you look at and you think, all right, well, 
you know, I've been asked the question before by people who aren't really big football fans. It's like, oh, were they all players before? And you're like, well, mm. they kind of all were. Some of them were, were players of much higher distinction, you know, like you got coaches like Ricky Stewart, you know, everyone knows his playing career. But, you know, you go to, you go to someone else and, I mean, maybe not so much a Trent Robinson. People probably do know his career, but you know, you talk about Michael Maguire. He was a he was a player, obviously. Yeah. People yeah. don't really remember him. Not many people remember Craig Bellamy's career. Um, no. They all had they all had very good careers. So it wasn't like they they were one game wonders or anything. They did play for quite a few years, but it just makes you think of in the current crop of players. There's probably quite a few guys in there playing. You know. Like fringe first graders playing a few games or whatever, they're going to end up being the NRL coaches in 20 years' time. Yeah. And I think Craig Bellamy won the 89 or 1990 grand final with Canberra. He's definitely he's yeah. in and around the squad during that time and, and is on the field when they win. So he's he's yeah. been around for a long time. And even in those great, amazing wins and great, amazing teams, he's completely outshone by everyone else around him. Yeah. They're just not... What they are is they are the players that aren't the superstars, but... And you don't remember the, the players that are... Unless you're a fan of a team, you don't really remember the players who aren't the superstars in, in grand final winning mm. teams. Like, you... Mm. I mean, some people will remember them, but, like, a lot of people won't remember Ivan Henjak. Like, I know he was in a grand final winning team, but, I mean, I remember him as a player, but a lot of people would probably forget that he was a player before. You know, it's... When yeah, you I mention those names, it's like... Some some people just just didn't stick out in your memory. And, like, you knew them at the time, but, you know, 25 years later, you're just going to forget about them completely. And also, speaking of coaches, though, Brian Smith at the time is, is the coach of the Dragons, mm. and, and he's one of the most incredible coaches of all time. And here is a fun, maybe, um, trivia thing you can, you can do during your podcast just to see how many of the contestants listened to other people's um, <laughs> podcasts because yep. Brian Smith's international coaching career involves Thailand, which he coached for two matches in really? 2017 to one win and one loss. Now, there is an absolute amazing piece of trivia that I did not know, except for the rugby league project is telling me right now. Thailand. That's a... Wow. Okay. Very interesting. Must have been a while ago. You can't, can't have done yeah. it recently. I think we no, it was in 2017. Oh, really? Oh, well, you know, I should have just asked Don Carboni. He would know all about that. That's exactly right because it's against <laughs> El Salvador. They got the win against El Salvador, yeah, and then they uh, they lost to Hungary. Oh, Hungary! Wow. Okay. Look, you know the places that played rugby league in the world. It's always great to listen to chasing chasing kangaroos, chasing roos, whatever the hell it's called nowadays. The chasers, yep. everything. You know, you guys, <laughs> you guys have got so many great uh, podcasts, and you know, it just feels like the expanding Big T podcast network is is just becoming so large like there's so many different things and i think we're gonna to have to have the don carboni podcast network soon because he does officially have more than one podcast now he's the uh he's the leader of the chasing ruse empire the yes. chasing ruse media empire so he um yeah he's slowly slipping further and further i think out of the spotlight and into the uh dark mist of of leadership so <laughs> that sounds pretty right Oh, okay. Well, I mean, thanks for thanks for choosing that game. That's a that will make a, a very interesting thing because, like you said, you know, St George, maybe they looked like they weren't going to be able to be caught by any of the chasing pack, but by you selecting them for one of the games, it's going to make some of those teams in the sort of third, fourth, fifth position just that little bit closer. Um, I I think we can assure Mister um, Mister Adams that 
he's not he will be playing finals football this year for them um i'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen but uh you never know enough people don't like st george and they could be straight out the back door yeah, well, it certainly wasn't about not liking Sir George. I want to make that very clear. Um, oh, no, no, no. Maybe... no. You said that right before the podcast. You said, I w- I'm going to pretend that it's not about not liking Sir George, but I yeah. really don't like yeah. them. We were, we were maybe, very much together. Maybe everyone, like thought, everyone thought that Brisbane and Sir George were so secure that they just kept dumping on them, and then, yeah, they were going to be out of the finals just because everyone assumed they were so strong. Yeah, look... I did say I did say that Todd, who was the the Broncos. See, look, I don't know what all of these are going to get released in, so I might be telling you what I said, and then you guys listen to it after mm. I've said it. But it doesn't matter. I did I did tell him that for him to miss out would have to take an amazing amount of, because basically the team in in sixth position is six wins behind him, so that would mean that. Everyone basically, you'd have to have at least seven people pick the Broncos out of sixteen. I said, I just don't even think there's seven people who have that option. So yeah, that we had close games. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I just don't think there is. But you know what? We chose this seat as at random, and it's a it's a good one um, to do. And I suppose for the for him, he gets to he gets to um, join the trivia competition, which he's probably going to really enjoy. Um, but yeah, look at. I think his his basic sentiment when I did talk to him was uh, all the pressure is on him now because he has to now defend a title. You know, it's not it's not so yeah. much trying to win it off someone else. He's trying to defend a title. So everyone else is trying to win one they didn't get before, whereas his position is probably the worst one because if he doesn't win, he feels like he's let the team down. So, yeah. yeah. And this was a really emphatic Brisbane win. I think 93, the Dragons probably should have come out and won mm. that one. But 92 really did feel like it was always going to be the Broncos. So, yeah. yeah, there is a bit of pressure on him. There is. And it's their first ever grand final win too. So, yeah. you know, he yeah. could screw up history completely. We could be. <laughs> but you know what? It's uh, it's okay. It's all, only in the hypothetical universe. So, you know, basically in the hypothetical universe, Brisbane might become a complete joke that can't win a grand final. Um, well, we your hypothetical universe is amazing because the 2010, the Tigers have won the 2010 Grand Final three or four times yep. in your hypothetical Grand Final, yep. which is my favourite thing in the entire world. So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, if that means Brisbane needs to lose 92 so that the Tigers can hold under 2010. Yeah. And actually that works because the Dragons take 92 and because they lost 2010. This actually makes lots of sense. I think oh, everyone's look, in agreement. Swings Great. and roundabouts. Good. Swings and roundabouts yep. and we eventually give everyone one. Um, and... And it's not about winning premierships either sometimes with these. It's about, like, I know it ends up coming down to that because it's always about, but it's also about the storylines that happen. Because I liked, you know, imagine the storyline of Brisbane get to their first grand final, but they don't win it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's not the the Wayne Bennett where he wins every time, he st- like every time his team comes out onto the field for a grand final until, what, 2000? What, what's the first one he ever loses? I think he uh, loses. 2015? Was he the coach when they lose that one? Uh, maybe. I think he might have been. And I think that might have been the first time he lost one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could be wrong. He definitely loses that one, assuming he's the coach at the time. Because well, they don't make the grand final in 2009 at St. George. They, make they, win it... It in, they win it in 2000 and they win it in 2006. Yeah. And then and they, they don't, don't make get another grand, grand final until 15. Yeah, and they lose it. But I I'm think... trying to think if he was another coach. He obviously wins it in 2010 with the Dragons. Yeah, I think he, he might be. It was a game away with the Knights, but didn't make it all the way. Yes. I think that's right. I seem to remember that that 2015 was his was the first time he lost a grand final. 
and I, I'm just going to check it. I'm just going to I'm going to Wikipedia it. Here you go. Let, okay. Give me the coach. Uh, where's the coaches? Usually it gives me a thing that tells me the teams and their coaches. This is, oh, where is it? Yes, Wayne Bennett. Yes. So there you go. 2015, and I'd imagine that's the first season. It has to be because he didn't lose any others. So, you know, instead of instead of winning, I mean. Technically, you could be really technical here and say that he was the coach in um, of the Raiders in '87, but we're not going to count. Oh, '87, yeah. Yeah, and we're not going to we're not going to count the '87 Raiders coach because that was. We're just going to say from when it starts as Brisbane, but if Brisbane starts off in '92 with a loss in a grand final, that maybe changes the whole perspective of everything. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it's like, oh, he lost his first one, but he won every one since. But. But you never know. As you were saying before, it's it's not just about premierships; it's also about lovely stories, which is why uh, Blocker winning this this last game. In fact, I'm sitting here wearing a big teeth tee right now with beautiful Blocker Roach on it, um, mm-hmm. as as I often do when I'm sitting around my house wearing something to to commemorate those big boys. And so, um, yeah, it's all about him and and his big heart, his incredible push into into the world. And also in '92, here's another fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts his sideline career um, as well in television, which is still going strong today. And so he's now been commentating longer than he played. So That's right. Um, and bringing it an right back legend. around, I wonder whether he had a mobile phone when they yelled out to him to hold the phone blocker. <laughs> I can tell you he did not. <laughs> they didn't have the technology at Channel 9, I don't think, at the time. I, I, I'm pretty right. sure that Alan Jones was... And, was the uh, only Australian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I probably should let you go, but uh, that was a, a fun little chat. Like I said, just a quick little chat to chat about what we were going to, which one you're going to choose. And yeah, we got to we got to get a victory for for one of the good guys. Um, even though he's not a big Parramatta fan, we'll we'll let him pass on that one. Maybe maybe have a chat to him and just tell him be nice to the Parramatta from now on. Uh, I can strongly uh, tell you that I will never tell Blocker to do anything other than be Blocker. I would never. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, I'm, I hope I haven't told you this story before, but there was one time I went into um, Dick's hotel. I was carrying my son and a whole bunch of groceries. Um, I'd seen a mate. And uh, when I came out holding my um, one-and-a-half-year-old at the time and a huge bag of groceries, I saw Blocker standing there next to the pub. And mm-hmm. I just stopped and said to him, Blocker, how are you, mate? And he said, I'm good, thanks, Jamie. And I said, look, is there anything I can do for you? Just out of nowhere. I have no idea why on earth I just asked him that question next. And he looked me up and down, seeing the the absolute struggle I was in at the time, and said, no, I'm all right, mate. And then I walked away, okay, Block, have a great day. I walked away and went, what were you going to do for him? I mean, <laughs> you need you need a hand. He doesn't need a hand. Were you going to call him a cab? Were you going to buy him a beer? Like, what, 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 was your, what was your next step, you idiot? Anyway, but what I just felt, <laughs> obviously, what my dad would have been proud of me, I'm sure. Just You see Steve or, or Junior or anyone, and just say, look, what can I do for you at the moment? And they, they, what if he turned they around you to you? What if he turned around to you and said, can you carry my bag for me? Yeah, I would have taken it. I mean, would have, I would have put my I would have put my first and only son down on the floor. I would have taken his bag and said, "Where are we going?" Steven? Oh wow. Okay, fair enough. Well, that's devotion to. So Blocker. I'm not telling him. I'm not telling him to um, to go easy on anyone. Or, or no, anything. no, that's that fine. Just, I wouldn't expect I'm being anymore. Very polite to him. We 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 all know we all know the ones that like us and don't as Parramatta fans. So it's okay. <laughs> there was actually I, the other day. Um, I was. I was waiting for, I think I was waiting for one of the games because, you know, we didn't have a lot of games last weekend. So I was waiting for one of the games to come on and I just had KO. I was just flicking around. I thought, I'm just going to have a look at the classic games. I think I was actually 
writing some of the trivia questions and I was sort of just ah, right. trying to have and I didn't want music I just wanted I wanted to play a bit of football because I was in the mood to watch footy and so I just I just scrolled through a classic like into the classic games section and it came up with this game and I think it was it was not it was it was 97 that's right it was the 97 season and it was a regular season game between Parramatta and Newcastle at Parramatta Stadium and I flicked it on because I was like okay I know we win this game so it'd be good to watch um and like the commentary was, uh, you, you know, Terry Kennedy, the the radio fella. He was he was doing the commentary, um, and his assistant commentator was Walker. And I swear there was so many times, there was a point where you know you know the old like nowadays they put a bomb up, they put a cross field kick up, and and guys time their run perfectly so they're just behind the ball, right? And it. Right. And you, you look at it and you see, okay, they're just behind the ball. You know they are. Well, this is exactly what the Parramatta player did. And he was, Blocker was blowing up how offside this player was. And I'm like, he's not offside. And then I then I suddenly realised they never really saw this before. Like, this this wasn't a thing. Um, oh. You know what I mean? Like, players, we didn't, they didn't do as much cross-kicking in the, in the like, like, mid to late 90s. That wasn't, mm. it became a thing a bit later. And, like, this player was onside by about half a metre, but because of the way the camera was, he just, he couldn't accept it. He's like, oh, they should have gone back for the for the offside. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, why? And that's, that's when I suddenly realised that, you know, and then the funny thing is I watched that and then the commentary came on and he was commentating and a crossfield kick comes across and, a, and then he, he makes the comment, oh, he's timed his run perfectly or something like that. And I suddenly oh, wow. thought, I thought, oh my god! So this is like twenty something years on, and yeah. it's the same thing. But this time, it's oh no, he's done a really good job to time his run here. But yeah, because he's learnt, because he's, he's learnt. like all good people. Yeah, he's, go. he's accepted he was wrong and he's and he's moved on. Isn't That's that a right. Good man? So he can accept how good Parramatta is eventually. Twenty years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all right. good. Well, um, thanks, mate. Uh, we'll. Well, I'll obviously be in touch with you for uh, for the journeyman slash uh, <laughs> pods of all jack yeah. trades or whatever the hell we're going to call this thing. Yeah. Um, we've got a few things in the background that we're probably going to end up doing together eventually, so I'm sure I'm going to talk to you in the next six months. Um, but yeah, either way, you you'll be invited to uh, to be in the crowd for our for our final series, and I, I really right. hope that you tell the ref to get them on side. Um, I certainly will not. <laughs> no, that's fine. I've already, I've already been told by quite a few people that they want to they want to yell at things like he's been doing it all day, ref, and get him on side. Um, I'll allow them to do that because there is no referee apart from me, and I can take it, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I want to change that saying, and I, I want to change that to saying to get on side because yeah. to put the onus on referees is ridiculous. The players should be on side and say, I, "Get on side." Yes. Or you've been doing it all day. I think uh, you know, <laughs> small changes, uh, cultural changes. I'm going to try and make happen by the time I'm Laurie Nichols's age, mm-hmm. and hopefully by then we, we won't be shouting, "Get them on side," or just be "Get on side." No, but look, I must, I must say that my favourite ever do, been doing it all day was the very first time. We, they opened up the new Bankwest Stadium in the very first game we went to in the, like, I think it was a, I'm not sure if it was a reserve, it might have been a reserve grade game, but it was the very first tackle of the game. There was a penalty and the guy yells out, they've been doing it all day. Perfect. And I was like, 
you are a champion. That is the best. Yeah. That is the only time I'll accept that that is what you do, because yeah. everyone at the opening of a at the opening of a stadium. Yeah, okay. at the opening of a stadium in the very first yeah. penalty, they've been doing it all day. Like that's yeah. that's just classic. You can. That's the only yeah. time they really should do it. I I agree with you. I mean, I refereed as well. I'm obviously not to the level that you have or to any refer, referees that I've talked to, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I got berated by eight-year-olds. That was always fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I suppose I suppose it takes the um, the absolute lovers of rugby league to put themselves through that and and still enjoy themselves and still and still keep coming back. But in twenty years, mate, we can have we can have a time where we culturally don't just accept that that's what we need as referees to just put up with shit. We we can live in a time where where referees are just the best people at it because they got their not. You know, not because yeah. they had to be resilient from horribleness, they were just there because they're great. <clears throat> yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think it's all going to start. It starts from one place, and I think it's the commentary and the media. That's where it's got to start from. And yeah. at the moment, I feel a little bit ashamed that it ha- that it isn't because they're getting a pretty raw deal at the moment. And I support everything they're doing at the moment. So hopefully everyone just gets on board and just goes, well, this is the rules, this is what they're referring to, and this is why the way the game's going to be played. Cool. All yeah, right. Yeah. Well, we've gone well and truly off topic, but uh, we, we'll say <laughs> yeah. goodbye and we will congratulate Blocker on on winning in his very final game at Leichhardt Oval and yeah, uh, yeah. enjoying his retirement. Refereed by Eddie Ward. There you go. Thanks, Rugby League Project. <laughs> yeah, I remember Eddie Ward. That's one of the other ones yeah. I do remember. Yeah. All right. Cool, mate. I better let you go. Thanks, mate. Have a great rest of your night.